Welcome back to Your 12:30, the only podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of 12 questions in ideally under 30 minutes. This week, we are very excited to be joined by Juan Gasca. Juan is a young entrepreneur that helped to grow two cryptocurrency companies where he is the chief communication officer both. Those companies, Scan DeFi and Tin DeFi. Juan, welcome. We are very happy to have you here with us. Thank you so much, Mike, for letting me uh, speak here and obviously uh, give a bit of value to, to the audience and hopefully I can help them out in some aspects of either entrepreneurship, crypto or investing in general. So I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much. Excellent. Yeah, I'm sure we will talk about each of those and touch upon uh, areas related to them all. But let's start let's start there with, with crypto specifically for, you know, a, as a chief communications officer, I'm sure that there are uh, different levels of, of uh, information you're communicating out every day. For somebody who does not have any familiarity with cryptocurrency, where's a good place for them to start? Or where can someone learn if, if they if they have never heard or have never been involved with it at all? If you want to learn about crypto in general, there is obviously different stages. So uh, and different sectors of crypto obviously there is a technology behind that we have that is the blockchain itself but crypto in general uh is associated with um trading with investing with things like this that obviously you have to touch upon uh with other uh technical parts so for example there is the finance part the investing and then there is the uh more um blockchain the more um you know the more industrial part of the cryptocurrencies you have to know both um but if you it depends on what you want with it if you want to learn how to program obviously go with the blockchain but if you want to uh, learn how to get money out of it and in start investing i would say start learning how to uh, do technical analysis fundamental analysis uh try to get to you know there's free courses online everywhere. So I would start there, look at some YouTubers, influencers uh, to keep updated on not only the news, but as well as some different uh, technical parts or some different uh, starting points. Obviously, there is uh, how to learn cryptocurrencies basic, uh, start, stuff like that. So I would start from um, YouTube, a very, very nice uh, way to start out. And then from there, courses, university courses as well. There is a lot of uh, all of them that are new to it, and they start from beginners level in blockchain to advanced. So there is a lot of things there that you can uh, do in terms of starting out and learning new things. All right, thank you, Juan. Uh, I will also take this opportunity now, as we will be discussing finance, investing, and cryptocurrency and related topics, that we are not providing financial advice today. We are simply mm -hmm. having a conversation about these things. Uh, so do your homework and uh, speak to a financial advisor directly if, if that's something that you're interested for our listeners. Uh, but you mentioned blockchain, and I'm going to ask the same question there. Uh, if someone doesn't know anything about blockchain, wh what does it do? Or how can you explain that very simply or what the basic, uh, okay. basic behind it is? Perfect. I'm going to talk about Bitcoin because it's one of the most known ones. I mean, it's the top one right now in the cryptocurrency market. It was the first one in terms of everyone knows that's the first one. It wasn't the first blockchain ever built, but is the first cryptocurrency based on the blockchain. Now, um, how it works, um, the name of it is proof of work, right? Uh, it's a concept, it's a protocol that 
allows you to uh, send transactions and validate transactions, right? The, the main goal for blockchain is to validate every single aspect in terms of uh, is this true or not, right? So uh, we've all heard about the miners, Bitcoin miners and mining. Uh, a lot of people don't know what it is, but uh, basically what you do with your computer, a graphic card and etc., you put your um, hardware to work for the protocol, to work for the whole consensus. What it does is you use your computing power to validate transactions. So imagine uh, me, Juan, send a transaction to you, Mike. Well, obviously, um, someone has to validate that it's true, that I sent you not $10, but I sent you 100 And that has to be validated. So what they do is validate that. Now, once they validate it through the whole ecosystem, so it's not only one person that validates it. So it's not me that I'm mining that validates one transaction. Is the whole ecosystem of miners, maybe millions or thousands, depending on the computing power that they have, they validate every single transaction through what it's called blocks, right? So uh, we've all heard about blocks, obviously blockchain. Uh, you have different uh, time frames, um, very simple, that um, they group a lot of transactions, not only just one transactions, but a lot of them that have happened in the past. And once they uh, validate that this block is true, they get rewarded. So one of the miners get rewarded because it was the last one to validate that, that transaction and make it true. Uh, now, this is how you get rewarded. Now, before it was 50 Bitcoin at the time. Now it's sitting around six, if I'm not mistaken, six point something Bitcoin. Because every time um, that there is an any X amount of blocks that are have done uh, being validated, it gets halved. So the, the reward gets halved. Um, this is because obviously it's uh, supposed to grow in popularity. So there's going to be more miners. So there's going to be uh, more blocks uh, recovered, right? Um, now, in terms of how it works, um, the transaction itself, uh, you can send from one digital wallet to another digital wallet by just copying the address. So it's very simple. Everyone has their own different uh, identification and you can send it straight from there. Now you obviously have to have any software for people that obviously are not that into it. Some people have ledgers, um, but you always have a different software to um, actually see on your phone or on your um, or whatever that it's, uh, it's there and you can use it. It's a better interface to connect with uh, different other applications. Now, um, and that's kind of more or less how it works. Uh, you just send a transaction, it gets validated, it is true, and then you get the money. The advantage of uh, blockchain and cryptocurrencies is the fact that these transactions and these validations are very, very cheap. And this is why um, the blockchain is a very nice tool uh, for people, for example, in very poor countries that are working in uh, foreign countries. Imagine there's a nice case in Kenya right? Uh, Kenya is a very, not a, not a developed country, it's an underdeveloped country. So there's a lot of people that migrate in order to work and then send money back home. Usually is the woman that goes uh, to work and then the, the male stays home. 
either working or just taking care of the kids. Now, uh, if the woman wants to send, um, I don't know, the allowance every single month, uh, they send it. And the problem there is that the, the man spends the money on alcohol or spends the money on things that they don't need. And obviously, you know, the woman can't control this. Once there is the blockchain, they can send micropayments, payments of $5, $10, or whatever the rice costs. And obviously, because you have to validate it once, imagine, I have a, a recipe that I have to make for, I don't know, beef and rice. So I know what it costs. And then the woman is only going to send the money once they have to pay. Uh, so this creates a better system in terms of uh, being true and being honest to each other. Um, apart from, you know, the fees that you have to pay for a $5 uh, transaction, they're minimal. Um, this is why in banks and stuff like that, you have to do big transactions in order to be economic. Instead of paying uh, $5 every transaction, well, uh, you know, you pay a bit less. Uh, which is obviously more economical for everyone. This episode of Your 1230 is brought to you by Accomplished RE, helping real estate agents achieve time, location, and financial freedom. Okay, yeah, thank you for kind of going over that, especially with the uh, secure aspect of the blockchain. Uh, that That's helpful. The um, the the way that you kind of uh, explain it, just showing the the ability to to maintain the, the privacy and, and the use and then the the costs, I think it gives a nice gives a nice example. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's other questions when you're discussing under de- developed uh, nations, uh, you know, using yeah. the currency. But uh, I think that that does help. Uh, changing gears a moment, you mentioned uh, those who use their hardware to mine. Why would somebody do that? Is is it is there a financial incentive? Is it why why do people do that yeah so obviously before it was a thing uh there was a competition between individuals right so individual i have i don't know a very powerful computer so i have a better chance of uh finishing that block in the blockchain and obviously getting uh 50 bitcoins or getting 30 bitcoins or getting whatever bitcoins it could be uh, a value that could be just because of the market the same as right now Now, right now, what people do is join pools. So it's a group of people that have uh, X amount of computing power that join together to uh, compete against other people that have a lot of computing power. Uh, The goal here is to be the first. So if I have a group of friends that, I don't know, we're five people, right? They just put, um, and we find a block, right? We find the, we finish the, the block first. We all get rewarded. But if we were separated, only one person would get rewarded. So in general, you have more chances of getting rewarded. Now, um, this is obviously uh, going to end uh, because every time it halves, there's going to be a time where either Bitcoin is very, very expensive. This is why a lot of people say, oh, I'm waiting for the halving in 2024 uh, because that's when the next halving for Bitcoin will be. That means that the rewards for people are going to be less. So what miners should be willing to do and will do probably is incentivize the um, the purchase of Bitcoin. Because that means that their Bitcoin are worth more every time they do transactions. Instead of getting paid 
more Bitcoin, the Bitcoin that they get are worth more. That's why the market usually follows every single halving into a, um, you know, a massive purchase of in terms of the whole community. Now, why would someone do it? Obviously, the rewards, the financial rewards that you get. Uh, if you're in a massive pool, you get very little. But if you have, I don't know, for example, a whole room of computers, then you have a pretty good chance that you're going to get uh, quite a lot of money. You know, that you can secure your, your, your return every single month if you join a pool because you're bound to get at least one or two blocks. Uh, but uh, if you're going solo, it's a bit riskier. Uh, the fact is that at the end of the day, it has a return of investment. Uh, some people take maybe one year or two years to, to recover from that investment, depending on how much you spend, what you buy, etc., uh, etc. Et it's not the same buying the worst graphic cards ever or buying the best. And depending on your supplier as well, etc. It's a whole business that you can make out of there. Uh, and, you know, a pretty profitable one if um, Bitcoin keeps increasing uh, in value. And more now that obviously the ones that you get right now are um, are going to be going up soon because right now it's, it's quite down the market. Okay. And how did you get started in cryptocurrency in general? What was the draw for you? Hmm. Well, I was uh, investing in the stock exchange, trying to get my head around that, as well as uh, real estate. And one of my friends showed me their return of investments inside of crypto. And I was like, wow, I, I was expecting to get maybe 20% a year with stocks, obviously not day trading, but overall, you know, just getting that. And that was very, very optimistic in the stock um, market. Uh, and when he showed me that he made a 150% in two days, wow. Wow. Uh, two days with just one trade. And I was like, okay, show me more, show <laughs> me more. Let me, let me see what this is. And once I, when I started, obviously, uh, there was not this huge market that it is now. It's still not huge, but I mean, um, back then it was even smaller. So how it worked, it was very technical analysis based. There was nothing that could really change in terms of uh, the stock market. You know, if we have recession, well, it goes down. But Bitcoin back then, if there was a crisis, if something happened in the exterior world, nothing happened because it was so early, it was so uh, immature that obviously it was all based on traders. It was traders, bots, and that's it. You know, it was very easy to predict the market in terms of that and only the new people lost so once i got in i saw the returns that i was getting and i was like you know what bye bye stock bye bye stock exchange i'm not doing anything more there and this is easier and it's a bit more risky obviously uh, if you invest in uh, small startups in crypto world but if you traded the big big names it was it was safe safer uh, obviously, never, never super easy, and obviously, I've I've lost some uh, money as well. Um, but but yeah, that's how I started. I started reading. I went to university courses, uh, started doing courses, talking to people, and getting more interested in terms of yes, the cryptocurrency aspect, but as well the blockchain itself, because for me, it's very important to know 
that, I don't know, for example, if you are investing in Cardano, you need to know what they do. Um, it's like every single company, you need to know when their next update is going to be, you need to know these specific things that if you're not investing day to day, you need to know, because if you do day trading, it doesn't matter. You know, you're just going to sell when it goes up and then you, uh, buy when it goes down. That's it. It's uh, obviously you, you go through the day to day, uh, line in certain, instead of, okay, I know that next week they're going to launch this. Or they're going to say this so let me buy now because i believe that uh, it's going to be a good new and that's it it's basically like betting um or like the stock exchange you know that next quarter that you think they the numbers are going to be good so let me buy now before people know it's good it's kind of like that so in terms of that that's how i started and i saw it but it was a very nice way to and a lot of money uh, because it was a, a young industry. I see. If that's a, that, that's a good answer, especially seeing such a large return in such a short amount of time. That would be tough for mm -hmm. anybody to say no to. Um, you mentioned at, at least the curiosity comes in. Curiosity comes in, and you're like, okay, kind of looks bad, but because it, it, no one's seen these uh, returns in such a safe quote-unquote safe uh trade obviously it's never 100 safe but in my eyes it was all very calculated you know the market you can predict it and even if it's that technical you can so i was like this is a gold mine there's a gold mine you can take a lot of money out of it so let's just try it out i didn't put a lot of money into it at first but once i got the hang of it then you start adding to your portfolio Okay. And, and you kind of compared and contrasted the crypto market to the, the stock market, uh, especially a few years ago. Currently, we're seeing the, the crypto market kind of mirror the, uh, the dips mm -hmm. of, of the market. What, what, in your opinion, why, why is that? Why are they mirroring each other now more than they have in the past? It all comes to uh, who's in the market, right? It depends. Um, before, it was just geeks, freaks, uh, it was, uh, or traders. It was there was no institutional money coming into the crypto world and there was not that much influence coming into it, coming from the outside world, as we say. Um, now, right now, there is a lot more uses, a lot more uh, adoption that is uh, being required. Now you can see Bitcoin stores in in the street. You can see everyone talking about it. So there's a lot more. Um, institutional and traditional people that are coming into this uh, new technology and obviously they come with um, their thinking you know their fear of okay we're going into a recession now i have i don't know two hundred thousand uh dollars in bitcoin if i don't sell uh then i'm not going to be able to invest in this so what they do and now the cycle is more uh, okay, they see it more as an investment in terms of they don't care about the technology itself. Uh, people like me, we just believe in it. We're not going to sell. I mean, it should be very dumb to sell at the moment right now, uh, unless you need the money for something. Uh, maybe you want to put it in gold because you know the next few years are going to be harder and that's a safe option. We'll do that. Uh, but that is a more traditional thinking than for people that truly believe in the crypto community and the whole crypto concept. 
they're going to be like, well, no, right now we're a very low stage. Uh, we know that the technology is going to be everywhere. And okay, instead of changing from crypto to gold or crypto to real estate, let me change my altcoins to Bitcoin. That's how a cryptocurrency investor kind of works at the moment. It's a safer option because it's the first or, or you go Ethereum, um, Bitcoin, and then it's a safer option than, you know, having maybe a company that could go under because it, ha it doesn't have the required um, spotlight. No, that's uh, th thank you for uh, going over how, how you get started and why, you know, what your belief system is and then why. I think it's really helpful when you point out that the uh, investors are bringing over their mindsets or their way of thinking and that when you have more of a traditional stock market investor that they're going to bring that thinking in and they're going to have the same tendency with the money when, when the market is down, with their money when it's down. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, again, changing gears uh, for a moment, you a self-described young entrepreneur. Uh, how did entrepreneurship uh, come into your purview, uh, purview or why was that calling you as opposed to a more of a traditional corporate nine to five role? It started when I was very, very young. I've, I've talked about this in other uh, interviews, um, but basically I was eight years old. I was pretty young and all I wanted to do is, is have fun, right? Uh, because I was eight years old at the end of the day. <laughs> Uh, back then, it was trendy to start making bracelets, start dating, you know, with the elastics or something like that, or some plastic uh, cords. And I started making them with my friends. So it's just like a trend, nothing much. And I was like, a lot of people, you know, you could sell these. You could sell this to people. So me, my friends, and some family, cousins, and everything, I, I told them to start making a lot of them. Make a lot of them, give them to me, and I will sell them at the beach. That's what I did. I sold them at the beach. I don't know. It was like a margin of like 300%, something like that. Um, I think I was making each at 20 cents each and then selling them at three, four euros uh, back then in Spain. And that's kind of how I started. I liked it a lot, you know, managing people, quote unquote, because obviously you're your friends and you do it just kind of for fun. And it's obviously not so serious without a structure, without a plan. It was just kind of there. I liked it a lot and always have it on 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 my on my heart. And you know how the year started. I, I did a lot of different exporting, importing in 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 Warsaw when I was living there uh, with the Spanish community with food uh, because it, there wasn't the actual traditional food that we have in Spain back in Poland. Now probably there is. I don't know now. That was uh, six five five six years ago, and. You know, I was just exporting them, uh, obviously making a nice profit, but I was, what, 14, something like that. Um, and then from there, got into investing, started my own consultancy uh, within the university, uh, helping students to know how to invest in the stock market and the crypto world and helping them with a small fee every single month. And then... With 10 Defy and Scan DeFi, I, I got around with some friends or some people in the crypto world as well, and we decided to start something. So, and then we started looking for Scan DeFi. Obviously, we've been scammed before. We've been, you know, in the crypto world, I think you always start with a scam uh, or basically. And 
we decided, okay, everyone starts with a scam. Everyone gets scammed when they don't know anything because of the, uh, you don't know anything. At the end of the day, you don't have the knowledge to do it. So uh, we decided to start uh, something against it. And then we started from there. I think the entrepreneurship way comes in terms of, I like to be my own boss or create things. I've tried a nine to five job before in a real estate agency. I hated it, you know, after being kind of a, entrepreneur before obviously not that seriously but coming from that aspect of okay I do my own hours I do whatever I want I if I need to do something even if I have to put 10 hours a day or 15 hours a day I'll do it but it's because I know it, it brings something and going to a real estate agency and phone calling cold calling people door knocking I'm like yes it contributes to something but it's not to me I'm not contributing to myself. I'm contributing to someone else's company's dream or whatever. Why would I put my time and effort into that? As well as investing, you know, I, I, I invest that way as well. Why would I invest my money into someone's project when I can invest it in my own? I only invest part of my portfolio because, yes, I believe in my project, but there is still something that I should preserve just in case it doesn't work out. And... If, I, if there's something that I can do with that money, with my own pride that can bring more revenue, I'll do that. You know, why should I invest in, I don't know, uh, Coca-Cola when I can invest, I don't know, $1,000 into my own project and instead of getting dividends, uh, I don't know, $50 every single year, I can make that $1,000 into 4000 in a week. You know, it's, it's, it's thinking that way that got me uh, where I am today. And uh, putting my time, I don't know, eight hours a day. Why should I work eight hours a day to someone's dream uh, getting paid, I don't know, 2000 a month or 1500 a month, depending on where you live. When I can dedicate, I don't know, uh, six hours to working on my own and get three times that. Because I'm working for myself, cutting costs, et cetera, et cetera. Plus the motivation there is a is a very nice accelerator. Yeah, the distinction that you draw there between building something, working for something that's important to you, something that you can hold and it's an investment in yourself versus doing it for somebody else is important. And the other thing that you draw on, it's not necessarily easier or less time. It's just you still need to have that drive. You still need to have that discipline to do the work. It's yeah. just if you can do that, that then the, the path of entrepreneurship makes a lot of sense for you. Is oh, looking yeah, I think entrepreneurship is, is in a sense working more. It's working more. Uh, that's 100%. If you don't like working, dotting into entrepreneurship because you're going to be ending up working. I, I say working, but I think it's it's nice way of working because you work in something you believe, something you think is going to work, something that brings you joy, passion, etc. So for me, putting in 15 hours a day, uh, it, it's not work. I enjoy doing that. It's it's more like, why would I stop at eight hours if I can put in another six? and get there faster even it's it's not even the the goal you know the goal to get i don't know to i don't know valuation of 1 million or 10 million or whatever it's not the goal it's the journey within it you're so much you're focused on it so much that uh, at the end of the day for good or for bad it's the only thing you think about uh, it's how can i get more clients how can i get more investment how can i get 
uh, this function to work better? How can I get my operations to be more efficient? It's problem solving at its finest. And it's something that if you're born with the passion, you truly believe in it, you won't go back to working. If you're lazy and you just want something to do and get a stable income, then just work. You know, you can eight, eight hours, you're done. Uh, yes, it's a bit annoying because you don't like it as much. You don't like your boss. You don't like your colleagues. Well, that's something you should evaluate. You know, should you stay in a company that you don't like working, but you have a stable income or take the chance to work with the people that you want, be your own boss or have someone as your boss? Because I've, I've had uh, my CEO. I haven't been CEO, uh, but I've had my voting rights. I had my decision making there. And it was a team. It was it was more, it's not like a boss, it's more like a colleague at the end of the day. So it's your decision to make if you want to, uh, you know, work a lot more, but feel happier. Or, uh, you know, you like your stability, you like your 5, 5 p.m. beer with your colleagues and then afterwards going to your family and watching TV. Personally, I don't like that a lot. I like to be fulfilled. Uh, I like to come home uh, or just be home all day because I work from home now. Um, and then just focus on learning, focus on, because at the end of the day, you'd never stop learning as an entrepreneur. There's always something that goes wrong. Uh, and you have to adapt, you have to learn about blockchain, you have to learn about uh, operations, you have to learn about communications as well, marketing, you have to know everything. Uh, in order to be successful in entrepreneurship. And that is something that I love. And not being specialized on, I don't know, some people are specialized on uh, mortgages. I, and then people tell you, oh, you want to do a master's? No, of course not. I want to know everything. Um, having a master's is just a waste of time. Why would I have a master's on uh, data science? Yes, it's amazing for marketing, but I can have someone that did that master's working for me uh, when I know how to manage everyone and the whole company itself. If you don't know how to manage a company in its global scheme, uh, you will never be successful because it's the people under you or that you're managing that are going to be doing the more specific work that you need to be done. And then you give the direction, you give the idea, you give someone to work towards to. Uh, without the people under, you can't do anything. But without you, the company itself doesn't function. So everything is necessary in, in, in a whole company, even if it's big or small. Now, something you certainly have spent a lot of time thinking about and is very important to you and you are passionate about is it's very clear mm -hmm. as you talk about it. And we are coming up on time. It's just a couple quick questions on the way out here. Okay. Uh, I know it's been, you're still in the beginning of your journey, but looking back, anything that you would do differently or any advice you'd give to someone uh, in similar shoes? I would say start doing a, a serious project as soon as possible. And when I say serious, I've been always, you know, as I, as I mentioned, the exporting one, um, I've done the consulting, but I've never gone into a lot of detail, right? I, I haven't gotten uh, out there. I've done my stuff. I've gotten some money, but I've never really expanded. I was, I was maybe scared. I was maybe, I don't know, too young. Uh, but get yourself a group of friends that are like-minded and then just go for it. You know, spend all your time in it. Because 
what I did was um, I didn't gamble. I didn't I didn't pull balls in all eggs in one basket, which you should do when you have a big project. I've always really split my time between um, studying, then actually my little project one or two hours a day. That is not enough. And then afterwards, leisure, you have, I don't know, watching TV, going out with friends, which when you're young, yeah, it's good, but it's not the end of, you know, it, it's not the goal. I mean, it's, it's not good. Uh, for me, at least, it's not useful. So just get out there, put your time and build something uh, and fail, fail, because failing is important. Um, if you do everything correct, well, you know, credits to you, but uh, if you don't fail, uh, it's very hard to, to progress. Um, if you do everything great the first time, well, that's amazing. But there's going to be a failure somewhere. That is guaranteed. And if it's before, uh, when you have nothing to lose, you live with your parents, you have, I don't know, you have no cost of living. You failed there. Failed there because the, the cost of failing is nothing. Now afterwards, when you have a family, when you have, I don't know, a rent to pay, you have food to pay, then failing costs quite a bit and maybe you can't afford to uh, fail there. Uh, so there's an extra pressure. So if you fail, you learn and then you don't have to fail afterwards. Well said, yeah. For there to be progression, there has to be failure at some point. So to be okay with being wrong, to be okay with taking a, a, a circuitous path. Uh, last question for me. Uh, you mentioned uh, things to do, leisurely activities. What do you do when you are, are not working uh, on these projects? What do you do for fun? What I do for fun? Uh, work is fun. Work is fun. Uh, but outside of working and my professional life, I, I do a lot of sports. I, I do karate. Um, I've been doing it for a long time, but I go to the gym as well. It's it's doing something that clears your mind, right? It's, it's something that you can dis disconnect, something that is purely physical that you don't have to think about. I don't know. I have this employee that is giving me a hard time. No, it's just just lifting weights or it's just uh, doing karate, putting your mind off and not thinking about it, right? It's, it's just disconnecting, totally disconnecting. What I do as well, that is something very physical is painting. Um, also kind of creative, you know, kind of gives me ideas or, or not, but it's, it's just disconnecting from the real world, if you think, or connecting with the real world, as uh, I don't know, some other some people would say. Um, it's just disconnecting, putting some music and just enjoying, uh, enjoying a few hours or one hour and just relaxing. I think it's, it's it's very important to relax your mind. If not, it explodes, explodes. Without a doubt. And that, that's a good place to end. So Juan, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's, your, your story is a great one. You've got a lot of uh, wonderful things going on. Where can our listeners find you if they want to, uh, to learn more, to connect directly with you? Perfect. Then uh, they can come into my LinkedIn profile, Juan Gaster Segueta. You can find it uh, if you search for it. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram. I use it quite a lot. It's my my second social media that I use. Is uh, Juan underscore uh, Gasca two. So if you can find me there, uh, I'm always open to to talk, to give advice, and obviously network. If you have any questions about what my journey has been through, or you would like to, uh, you know, 
have more advice on what you're doing, your project or whatever, I'm always down, obviously, for free uh, and, you know, chat. Very nice. We'll be sure to uh, include those links. And uh, Juan, thank you for uh, talking with us today. We really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Mike. It was amazing. You got it.